Greetings, Reggae Uprising podcast family, and welcome. It is Wednesday, which means it must be time for a brand new episode with a brand new guest for a brand new year for 2021. Now, if you're fresh and new to Reggae Uprising podcast, it's hosted by me, yours truly, Daniil who, as well as being your host, I'm also a singer-songwriter of conscious reggae and soul music. Now, this podcast is all about empowerment, sharing wisdom, sharing stories and inspiring one another. So it's all about sharing the stories of wisdom, inspiration and knowledge of the African diaspora, no matter where your journey has taken you. And to do that, each week I feature a new guest who shares not only their journey and their story, but also their soundtrack, a reggae music to take us along with them. If you've been enjoying these episodes and would like to feature on a future episode, all you need to do is go to daniel.co.uk and get in touch via the contact page or you can find all of my social media there and you can get in touch there as well. Um, Before I get started, if you don't already know, on Monday, so you'll have already missed this Monday's episode, but it's all right, you can get caught up, like I said, via daniel.co.uk. So I also do Reggae Uprising, which is where you can catch me singing for you. So all of January, what I've been doing is the Bob Marley special for reggae uprising so last week we had a redemption song which everybody loved and this week i'm not going to tell you but you want to definitely go check it out so again all we need to do to get caught up on those shows for reggae uprising is go to daniel.co.uk where you can get all of my shows all of my music all of my official music videos everything Daniil you can get at daniil.co.uk right I think it's about time we got started with today's guest first selection which is a long shot kick the bucket by the pioneers Kick it, 
This week's guest is founder of CIC, Frontline AV. For almost 20 years, Frontline AV worked with more than 25,000 young people locally, nationally and internationally, supporting young people to develop their creative skills. He is also currently the chair of Coventry Caribbean Association and works freelance as an arts and event consultant, producing events from comedy to festivals. I would like to welcome Colin Bell. Greetings and welcome, Colin. Uh, greetings and uh, th- thanks for ha- having me on the show. Um, I think I was saying earlier that, that it's my first um, involvement in a podcast, so um, give thanks. So happy that you, you know, this could be your first time and I hope it's everything you dreamed of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. (laughs) So can you tell us why you chose that first selection we just heard? Oh dear. Um, Long long shot, um, kick kick the bucket. Um, uh, Well, it's a little little bit of a funny story. Um, uh, uh, Bordering on the road. Um, I, I was a, I was a very young young man, and um, we had records. You know, there's all sorts of different records in the house. Now, there was one one album in particular it was t- Tighten Up Volume Two, if I remember rightly. And there there was a a young, young lady with t- Tighten Up written on her, her body, and I, I suppose that would attract attract a young man to it. But um, the, it, it was a it was still one of my favourite albums. You know, it's got got a lot lot of tunes on there. But um, Long Shot Kick the Bucket was probably the one. Um, that I play, played the most, and um, yeah, and uh, later, later on down, down down the line, I actually got to um, book the pioneers um, for for a show, um, which which was lovely. Uh, so it's got, got a lot of uh, just my childhood, really, growing up on the little gram um, in the front front room that I wasn't allowed to play on, and that was a tune I used to play a lot. Okay, and as I ask all of my guests here on the Reggae Uprising podcast, can you tell us more about your heritage as this show is all about connecting people of the African diaspora? Well, um, my, my parents are both from Jamaica. Um, my, my father's from Spanish Town, uh, mother's from West Milan. Uh, my father came here in 1956, I think. I think my mother followed over. Uh, in the early 60s I was born in 67 um, so I um, I, grew, I grew up in a, a area of Coventry I was the only one I grew up with three sisters um, all, all older than me I was the only one sort of born in uh, England and um, yeah I went to a, a little uh, a primary school there, there was only um, two black people in my school um, me and um, it's probably my longest friend, uh, uh, Louis, um, and it was just me, me and him ro- rolling in this school for for, for a very very long time as a as a, as a youth until uh, uh, it was some family friends I can't call them cousins. Uh, three of them came to the school and uh, uh, overnight more than doubled the, the black population of our school because there was no Asians. It was just um, white white people and, and, and a handful of us. Uh, in my sort of infant school, um, yeah, went on from there. Uh, secondary school. Um, so just to quite, stop quite you a minute, just to stop you a minute, because to, just for there to be two of you in the whole school, what was that like? What was what was that experience like? Did you did you bond instantly then when you first you know saw each other? Like, explain that to us. 
No, well, well, it was it was it was a bit deeper than that because um, our, our mothers both both worked in the same same place, so um, we we were we were fr- friends from from birth, really. Um, you know, sort sort of living in the area. Our mums caught caught the same bus. They worked at the GEC uh, in in the city centre. They they caught the bus every morning uh, together um, before we we were around. So so we we grew up like brothers. It was um, you know, as I said, I, I grew up with three three older sisters. So it, it was like having a brother, and uh, we grew up like brothers. Uh, but in, in the school, it was—I um, don't know. So I suppose, yeah, it, you get you get the the racism. I've, I've never felt it from teachers, um, and, and yeah, there, there was one, one one teacher especially that that um, I, I don't know. She, I think she must have took a shine to me in infant school, and um, yeah, you know, I. Uh, she developed my love of reading, and um, I, I, I used to read a lot. I was, I was quite ahead in, in, in my reading um, uh, as, I, as I was growing up, um, and uh, yeah, so it, it wasn't that bad. You know, it was you know the other kids. You know, what I mean, name called it. You know, on, on your streets. Um, in, in general, in, in, in the seventies, you know, what I mean, every, everywhere you went, uh, you, you, you know, um, yeah, there, there was the, the name calling the. the the bullying you, you learn to fight quite quickly <laughs> to, 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 to defend yourself and uh, it was a uh, I don't know it's it, it, I suppose it, it build, builds character um, you know I mean I had you know my, my mother was a very lo- lo- lovely woman and, and, and um, you know yeah, yeah, parents always give you these sayings they always you know give you little sayings that, that um, you sort of ignore when 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 you 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 younger, but um, as as you get older, and now I've got my own own ch- children, you, you you find yourself passing on that that, that knowledge that that you learn learn to be wise words. So, can you give us one of those, an example of one of those that has been passed on and you now use? Um, well, my, oh God, my, mother, my mother had a million million um, uh, ones that I, I suppose. Um, uh, well, one one particular one, yeah. Uh, especially in the, these days, I, I use yeah, where there's life, there's hope, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's something. You know, uh, my dad was always like, you know, try and live good with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, my mother, all, all she ever did was was show kindness to to, to people, um, and uh, yeah, that that was sort of built in. My, my mother helped helped a lot of people. She was a lot of people's confidant. You know, she was, uh, yeah, she was, she was quite quite a character, my mother, and um, yeah, I, I suppose her influence, you know, um, of helping people, yeah, probably sort of carried through in in the rest of my story, I suppose. Speaking of which, so your journey starts off in the UK, but then moves to the US. Can you tell us about that transition? What that was like. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, my my um my father father had uh, so, um, uh, brothers and sisters um, in in the US, and uh, for years they were encouraging him to, I'll oh, come over, try and make life over here. It's great in America. Um, so he 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 went over um, uh, by himself um, for for a few years. Um, uh, I was I don't know, well, gosh. I don't know. I was in. I was probably in my early teens, teens around that time, um, and um, I suppose with, with, with no, no father in the house, I, 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 I thought myself man, 
and you know, yeah, yeah, school wasn't um, the the best experience um, for for me. Um, although, you know, uh, I don't think at school I ever lived up to my potential um, because of the sort of issues. Uh, you know, I've always been one. I'll never keep my mouth shut. And I'll always, uh, I'll always question things, and it, you know, things like that cause you a problem in school, especially being being a young black kid. I suppose. Um, so. Uh, so you, you you start I don't know you start getting into things and and you start you know you're, you're a young young man and um, I suppose I was getting a bit too 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 much for for my mother my mother's like like yeah you know you need to go <laughs> you know you, you need a man around you now you're getting older so I I um, I got shipped off to to America uh, where my dad was um, so I moved to New York I was uh, fifteen um, I'd literally just took my mocks in in England. You know. Uh, come from a little secondary school, and um, I was thrown into a New York high school, uh, which um, I'll always hold is is the, one of the biggest learning experiences of, of my life. Actually, why would you say that? Well, um, I I went went from as I said, yeah, I went, went from schools where it was very, you know, even in my secondary school there. It's, it's all exciting. It's uh, 
you know, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, we definitely want to know more about that, but I need to squeeze in your next selection, <laughs> which is Redemption Song, Bob Marley. Why did you choose this one? Well, do you, do you know something? This this actually um, will... The, why I stopped up there, this actually t- takes me back just, just uh, um, before that, I suppose. Um, I, I grew up in a time when, when there, there was... Uh, there, there was a lot of threats that you know we we grew up in these days with sort of different types of threat um it was all about the cold war and, and nuclear war and, and stuff like that and then there's a line in that and it says that you know yeah you know about nuclear energy none could, none of them can stop the time and even as a youth i, I sat down and says you know something <laughs> it's right what what am i fretting myself about you know, th- thing, thing, things like that, you know what I mean? Because t- time has to continue, people have to continue, and, and y- you can't let let other things, you know what I mean, just uh, keep, keep your head down for moving forward. So, yeah, that's what that's why that, that kind of touched me. Here we go with Redemption Song, Bob Marley. about those high school experiences it sounds like you had a lot of really extreme experiences in high school but can you pinpoint one that was most pivotal or most life-changing or maybe brought you to this calm temperament that you have now I don't think I could tell that story <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know it was uh, In high school, I don't know, you, you may have seen sort of films, um, 
about New York high, high schools and yeah, I suppose coming from a little comprehensive in, in Coventry in, in this crazy um, high school where everybody was loud and you know, everybody, you know, um, you know, I, th- I think um, uh, something like that, sh- you know, sort of surprised me. Um, I, I remember being suspended in, in England because a, a teacher heard me swear um, in class. I got suspended for two weeks, told off, all sorts. Um, I was in a classroom um, in the first few days of high school, and um, the the teacher, there, there was this girl, she was being re- really loud, um, she wouldn't settle down at the start of the class, uh, and the t- teacher went, um, you know, yeah, can you be quiet, t- t- take your seat, blah, blah, blah. And she she turned around and told the teacher to f you. And I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know, that was crazy. And then the teacher turned around and went f you too. I said to sit down. And I was like, oh, my teacher swore. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and and then this battle between them sort of, sort of continued. And, and um, I was security and two security came and escorted down to the dean's office um my high school had one walk the beat cup and 16 security guards wow wow uh, and you never saw the police anywhere else except for our high school it, 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 his beat was our high school so you created a whole job for somebody your high school should i say no, it, it was in. It's it's it, well, it's not unusual. It, it was it was quite it was quite standard. I mean, year, years later, that you know, the same high school, you know, they had metal detectors and X-ray machines for the kids coming into the mm. the, the school. Um, yeah, to try and try and keep kids safe. Yeah, I never saw anybody get shot in school. Um, I saw a lot of guns in school. I did see a lot of people stuck up in school. I saw. You know, um, and there's there's def- different groups of people. I, I suppose I, I gravitated to um, the, the West Indians. There was a lot of West Indians in my school, um, which uh, which which was a blessing, actually, because nobody messed with the West Indians. <laughs> um, yeah, so so yeah, it was a it was a fun, it was a fun time. I can't can't say it wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, it was exciting. Put it that way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you're young, you, you're in New York, you know, uh, you know, so everything's new, it's exciting, you're young. You know, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a really good time, a really good time. So if you're having such a great time, what made you decide to come back to the UK? <laughs> well, I, I suppose as, as time, time went on and, and as I got older um, and... Uh, uh, you, you, you start to think about um, your life. I, I don't think I ever felt that that um, America was my home. I, I had some fundamental things um, I found with America in general that um, as I lived over there and learnt about over there is that um, money is actually their God. There is nothing above money in that country. Um, life um, doesn't matter. Um, people just doesn't matter. It does, you know, money literally is their god, and I felt uncomfortable, um, especially as I was getting older. And you know, you, you have children, and um, you, you don't want 
that to be the, the environment they grow up in now because uh, it's uh, yeah so do you feel that that's not the case in the UK then uh, I think I think the UK is is um, is coming up fast behind <laughs> to be honest um, <laughs> you know we yeah a, a lot of the the bad things I, I saw um, you know take over you know I saw saw when crack decimated my neighborhood um, I, I, you know I, I saw yeah, you know, there was. You know, I don't know how much time I've got, but there's there, there's a story. And I, when I came back to England, I was t- uh, I was t- telling everybody um, that there, there was a guy I got to know in Far Far Rockaway. Um, when I first went to Far Rockaway, he had a little. It was just like a little, little um, storefront where where we used to sell patties and cocoa bread and food. Yeah, you know, just sort of out, out of uh, a window sort sort of thing at the side um, at the side of the road, and. Um, as time went on, he sort of uh, built it in so there was a counter so you could go in. Um, then over the years, he bought the store next door. He opened it into a restaurant. Um, downstairs um, became a dance hall and you know, people played dominoes. It became like a, a, a Caribbean community centre for all intents and purposes, although it was a, a food shop. Um, and, yeah, I watched him. Yeah, the lovely family. You know, I went to school with one of his kids. And um, yeah, everything was was going well for him. Then, <laughs> then he met crack, and um, within three months, he, he lost everything. He, um, I don't think he, he went missing. Nobody really knows ever what happened to him. But he, he lost a store. His wife left him. His kids didn't want to know him. And this was in a very short space of time. Watching a man that I, I respected um, lose everything to to that thing, and. Uh, uh, that was another lesson that you learned. You know, what I mean, um, those things is not good, not right. Mm. With that said, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Fade Away, Junior Biles. Why did you choose this selection? Um, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's just a hard to call song. You know, what I mean, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of these sort of songs. It's, it's, um, that, that, that you hear, uh, you know, when, when I, I need some solace or some peace in my heart, or I need to to, to meditate. You know, what I mean, you know, certain tunes with with words that, that uh, with a lot of truth in them. Um, yeah, that's what I like to listen to. So here we go with Fade Away, Junior Biles. of only vanity and no love for humanity shall fade away, fade away. He who checks for only wealth and not for his physical health shall fade away, fade away. Though some believe in diamonds and pearl And feel like they're on top of the world They shall fade away Hear what I say The rich is getting richer every day And the little that the poor man got It shall be taken away Do you hear what I say? Yeah, hear what I say the man who worships silver and gold Shall surely, surely, surely lose his own soul 
then fade away. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about how you chose your career path? How did you get into your works? Um, by accident, um, I, I came. I moved back to England. Yeah, um, I, I missed out a little bit in New York before. Before I left New York, I had a, had a little shop um, called it the Culture Shop. Uh, where I was selling a lot of cultural, you know, um, items. I said, yeah, I sold, I, I sold a lot of black books. Um, I was, you know, probably the only black book shop in, in my sort of neighbourhood. And um, so I read a lot uh, around that time. And when, when I moved back to England, I was like, right, I'm going to set up a, a, a black book shop in Coventry and, and you know, sort of do something similar. And uh, I quickly, after I did my, my market research, realised that... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to get the kind of support that I did in New York to be able to sustain that that business. Um, so, so I was I was unemployed basically. I was uh, I was um, uh, I was living in an area called called Woodend, and um, I um, I used to go, go. They used to have an unemployed little music group up there, and uh, yeah, so I used to go up there and play around with music, have a little jam, like, yeah. Um, I, used to, I, I used to rap and chat lyrics a little bit when I was in New York, you know what I mean? Daddy English, they used to call me, anyway. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, the next story. Um, and I used to rap a little bit when I was younger as well. So maybe um, we can get some bars later? Not today, I don't Maybe that's another time. And now you made me lose, lose my train of thought, mate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you were talking about you had your bookshop and then um, you got kind of got caught up on the music scene and then that interrupted yeah, you. Yeah, so, 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 so yeah, I was, I was in Coventry. I wasn't, I wasn't really doing anything. I was, I was trying to, to find, find something to do. But, um, but I used to go up to this little music. I used to get, get to have a little jam and chat, chat to lyrics with, with a couple of guys up there. And um, while, while I was there, um, yeah, I started doing a bit of volunteering, you know, sort of helping out um, from time to time with some of the youth workers, and then, um, and then one one day, somebody came in and said, "Oh, oh, um, can you know, there, there's a trip going um, uh, for I don't know some young people. I was quite young, I don't know, eighteen to twenty fives, uh, to go on a, a long uh, one of them sailing boats." And it went to Holland and France and somewhere. It went, you know, it's one of them team building sort of things. Um, and uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get to go because um, I had had um, a, a, a family issue in in America, so so I, I couldn't participate unfortunately. So when I when I came came back, um, uh, they. they they didn't have a good time on the trip, let's say, and um, there was an opportunity though to edit, to learn to edit the video and edit the video that they'd made um, while they were sailing on the ship. This group of guys from Woodend. So, um, so I always I, I was always a bit fascinated with um, with TV and um, making films and how TV's made and. Um, um, me and, and a friend, uh, because no, nobody else wanted to, from the group that actually went on the trip, wanted any, didn't really want, want anything to do with it after they went. It was a bit of a traumatising trip for them in, in many ways. And um, so um, 
I got the opportunity just to edit this video together. Um, I went to a place called the Depot Studios and uh, met a guy called Ender Murray and he it was uh, he says, okay, um, these, these are the tapes, these are the machines, this is how you edit. Um, there you go. So um, so I've got cut together uh, this this uh, film, or started cutting together this film on on a was it called high band pneumatic format? Um, if if anybody knows that format from way 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 back, um, but but it was a very high quality at the time. And uh, um, once once it was finished, um, there was also a recording studio there, and, and they said, oh, uh, would would you um, do you want to go in the studio and um, and make a make a piece of music to go go along with your your thing because um, none, we couldn't get any of the people that went on the trips coming for an interview so they said why why don't you just put it to music so that was the first time I went to the recording studio um, with a guy called Mikey Roberts who who used to be in the keyboardist for a band called King who I don't really know um, but I heard they were pretty big once um, so I think I was in America when they were and anyway, we made made this um, songs first time I went to record the studio to go with uh, my, my video, and um, yeah, so, so that was my first video I ever made. And um, then um, somebody said, "Oh, why don't you enter it into an open exhibition?" You know, and um, I think there was an open exhibition in Warsaw. Um, so I sent him this little film. I called it "The Pirates of Wood End." Um, it, it was set to a a kind of rip-off of the Odinian factor or some, some old um, TV programme theme. And um, a clip of it got shown on Midlands Today while they were um, advertising the, um, the Warsaw Festival. So, you know, the first thing I ever made, <laughs> I've got a little clip on TV. So I was like, wow, that was really cool. Which, which kind of, kind of in, inspired me to do, to do a little more, I suppose. So after I did that, um, I, I I used to hang out at this um, this depot studios. It was quite a cool place. You could, it was in the city centre. You could stop in there for a coffee. There's a lot of creative people in. Um, when you became a member, you could use the recording studios. You could get the editing equipment and um, rent out cameras for quite cheaply. Um, so they, they had a scheme where they'd lend you uh, some cameras and some equipment and um, you could go out and make a film. So one of the, one of the things um, that I noticed um, when I came back to Coventry, when I was in Coventry before as a youth, it was great. We would run up and down, we were you know, going to different youth clubs, there's you know, roller skating, there's loads of things, things to do. Now, when I came back to England, everyone was like, oh, it's so crap, there's nothing to do, there's nothing going on. You know, this is really rubbish, and I'm like, hey, but this is this is really crap, you know. Um, so I decided to make a documentary, um, interviewing all, all all these people I knew that lived in, you know, the, the kind of people that decision makers would never go and talk to um, to find out what 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 they were interested in. So I sort of went out in you know in Hillfields and Woodend and Willen Hall and in all the little hoods and just little regular people um, and just asked them a series of questions on what they thought about their city, what was good about it, what was bad about it, what they'd like to see in the future. And um, yeah, so I put together this little um, documentary and um, what and 
while I, when I'd almost finished it, um, I got approached by this lady called Margaret Geary, and she says, oh, we're having this na- this national conference on safer cities. Um, could we show your film and we'll give you some money? I was like, of course. <laughs> so uh, so, so that, that was great, because it, it sort of um, gave me some money for, for making this film that I made kind, kind of out of love. And... Um, and it was quite interesting because apparently there was a lot of police chiefs from up and down the country and there was a section in my documentary about what people thought about the police. And as everybody knows, they're a very oppressive force. They are, you know, full of misjustice and, you know, you don't trust them. And, and people were were saying their honest opinions about how they felt, you know what I mean? And uh, some of that came out. Um, uh, apparently when the film was shown, a few of the police people felt quite... Um, uh, well, a couple of them walked off, walked out uh, in that section, which um, I count as a win personally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, after that, people just started, uh, you know, ask, oh, can you make me a little film? Can you make me a little film? And yeah, you know, started doing some little bits, and then um, I got approached um, through still volunteering at this youth club. I got approached by the Warwickshire Wildlife Fund. And um, they were doing a project in Woodend, and they they were doing a event uh, uh, about the environment in Woodend, and they and they they said um, there there was two two young black lads, and um, uh, they they were they said they they literally they, they said listen they're, they're running around the neighbourhood causing all kind of havoc. Um, nobody can engage with them. They're only interested in music. Will you work with them? We will pay you to work with them to if you to make an environmental track, and then they performed it. So I was like, I like the idea of this. Um, I'm getting paid to do things that I enjoy doing and helping people. And um, you know, I, I think the best career path is if you find out something you're good at, something you enjoy, and if you can find a way to make a living out of it, then yeah, you know, I, I suppose. That was the turning point where I actually realised that you know um, this can be sort of something that, that that I can do and it, it feels right, it feels good, and um, yeah, that kind of started out. Um, then you know, found out you could get funding, applied for funding to run a project in another youth club where we brought a sound system in and asked to let the kids play with video cameras and sound systems and um, yeah and. Yeah, and it just grew and grew and grew. Um, we, we started doing DJ workshops and we had a love of sort of hip hop and, uh, and breakdancing. So we started running breakdance workshops, um, graffiti art workshops. Um, and um, yeah, we, we just built and grew for that. And then I ended up do, doing that for about tw- uh, 20 years uh, with Frontline AV. Wow, what an amazing story. So it just kind of evolved into the, you know, like you said, it started off with your passion and it kind of just took on a life of its own when everybody had their little different inputs into it. That is amazing. But um, I want to talk more about that, but we need to fit in another song, another selection, which is Book of Rules, Heptones. Why did you pick this one? For a similar reason reason as as the the other ones. Um, Literally, uh, I hear the song, I, I, I listen, listen to the words, it, it's, it's truth, I, I feel it in my heart, and, and yeah, there's some, some wisdom in there. Here we go with Book of Rules, Hectones. 
think for us and tell us um, the top five opportunities you've been able to provide young people through your works um, with Frontline AV. If you can't do the five, we don't mind. Just give us a few top opportunities. That you're like, oh, I'm really, really proud that we managed to, were able to do that for that person or, you know, you just pick out well, a couple. Well, to, well, to be honest, uh, I've had, yeah, I've, yeah, I count myself as blessed. I've, I've, I've had, I've had, you know, so, so many occasions where I've been approached um, by, I was going to say young people, but, but by big people um, to tell me um, that I have sort of influenced their, their, their life. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's especially you can't pay money for that. And there's it's nothing you can quantify. And I don't know if I could pick, pick five. That there's been there's been a lot of um, young people that, that um, I've touched them and people that are doing well. Um, they're, they're living their dreams. They're making a living from their art form um and uh yeah yeah i suppose i, mean, I don't know i suppose it gives you a, a joy and a satisfaction mark I, I don't think i could pick five um to, to be honest that's fair enough that's fair i understand i understand i completely understand um but could you tell us though in all the experiences that you've had in working in the creative industries what do you feel have been your greatest challenges for yourself and the young people that you've worked with? It's it's always a fight. Um, you always have to fight. Um, it's the the hoops you have to jump through to do something that's right and makes sense. You know, you have people with need. You have the money to help these people in need, but yet you make people jump through holy hoops um, to to make them accomplish that. Yeah, yeah I, I've I ha- I found barriers, racism. I, I sat in meetings with with people trying to undermine me, trying trying to think. Yeah, just 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 because I'm a black man with dreadlocks that I don't have no sense. And I don't know what their big words mean. You know what I mean? Until I fling back two big words back at them. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, it's um, people not um, thinking you're you're capable. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it just turned up in situations where people didn't realise you were supposed to be there. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just it's just so just so many things. It's just so many things that just make things so, so difficult and and you know and then you know especially with you know a lot of the the, the work i did you know we just depended on on sort of funding and and the way they they pit you against each other um to get the little crumbs um to, to try and do do some good works that will benefit people or make people happy or, or something you know it's just um, yeah but at the end of the day you know it's yeah, we we as a as a community we we need to learn how to sustain ourselves and stop looking to go to that sort of um, begging bowl. You know, uh, we're supposed to have our own bowl to to share out between our own. And um, yeah, I, I think I think that needs to be the future. 
Most definitely. So what would you say are the, you know, the people that you feel have been the most successful? Would you say that there's any similar character traits that they have, any similarities that they have between each other that you think have equated to their success? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say there's definitely one, one thing um, that, that to me will always make a difference. Yeah, I call it stick with itness. you know what I mean? Um, you, you have to maintain the focus. Yeah, any road you walk is, is not going to be an easy road. There's going to be distractions. There's going to be things that are going to take you across off your path. There's going, going to be bad mind people trying trying to distract you and bring you down from from the from the the, 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 the path you're walking. But you have to be you have to be focused. You have to believe in what you're doing, and you just have to keep keep doing it because that to me that that, that is the the, the people that have made it and, and and done well and the people that, have, you know, sort of gave up on their dreams, so, so to speak, um, it, it is the, the, the sort of stick with it and the focus and, and the belief. And, and, and the thing is, especially as black people, the uh, society is set up to knock our belief, to... to undermine our, our strength at every every turn um so it's, it's a it's a battleground just just to be able to to do that so it, it's 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 a hard part it's a hard part you have to walk but you have to be firm and and, and you have to believe in what you're doing yeah um yeah i, I think you know sort of differently you know yeah um a great piece of advice i, I was given early on was um don't yeah, yeah. I was trying to get a project funded, and and the person said, "Listen, yeah, don't worry about you asking for a lot of money for your project. Yeah, that's not the issue. What you need to focus on is what the project is. Focus on the product. Yeah. If you're if 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 you can you know make wine out of water, or you can turn a gold into a, a stone in, into gold. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Somebody will invest in that if you've got the best answer to something. If if you are, are providing something that nobody else is, is doing, and you're and you're dedicating, you believe in something, and you're gonna not be straight off your path of going for that. You're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Some great yeah, advice there. Most definitely. We're going to move on to your next selection, which is Lovers Rock, Sugar Miner. Why did you pick this one? Uh, this this kind of re- reminds me of um, uh, uh, my, my times in New York. I, I love Sugar Miner. It's one of my, my favourite singers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just love this. It. It's all about love, man. Here we go with Lovers Rock, Sugar Miner. <laughs> okay, people. This is Lovers Rock. Dig it. Remember when when we were young, when we were young, yeah. I watched you as you hurry by me.
Caribbean Association. Oh well, okay. Um, well, briefly, um, a few years ago, the the, the centre got closed down, um, uh, citing uh, you know non-payment of bills and, and stuff, and um, and then then there was a flood in the centre. The centre was closed. There was AGM calls, and um, the previous directors were asked by the members to stand down or they did stand down um which left a bit of a void um so they were looking for um new directors um to take it on so um me loving a a challenge <laughs> um I put, put myself forward i got got voted in um got made the the chair and we've been trying to um well, I'd like to think we, we have um, stabilised the, the, the finance of the centre more or less. We've um, and we're now looking to put it back on its feet and and sort of develop it for future generations and try try to bring some some young people through to you know sort of keep keep our, our centre. You know, it's the, we've had it since 1983. It's, I think it's one of the biggest in the country um, as a Caribbean centre. Um, it's one of the oldest, so um, and yeah, we we need to look after that. It's, it's literally the only thing we have as Caribbeans in, in our city. So it was very important that you know um, we got involved and, and uh, did the best we can to, to save it. Really. So what can we expect from from the projects or things that you're obviously there's nothing going on at the moment, but what can we expect from the future? Um, well, the, the future of the centre, I, I would like to see it. Um, it goes back to its. I was going to say, go, not even go back to its former glory. I, I wanted to excel on what what it used to be because it used to be a proper hub for the community with a lot of projects um, going on there for the young, old, um, and every, everybody else. Um, you know, it's, I suppose it's most mostly known the, these days. To, you know, for for having dances and, and, and stuff like an events, um, but uh, yeah, we, we believe that its its true role is to serve the the community, and we have to put it in a state where we can sustain ourselves as a, as a community and build our community. So. I'm looking forward to seeing the different kind of events that you're going to be putting on there, most definitely. We're going to move on to your next selection, which is Good Life, Coca Tea. Why did you pick this selection? Who doesn't want a good life? Pardon? And I, I said, who, who doesn't want a good life? And Coca Tea is also one of my favourite favorites. Okay, short and sweet. Here we go with Coca yeah, Tea. Good life. <laughs> Tell me if you don't feel this. Tell me if you don't feel this. 
This is what my baby said to me, Lord. Oh, give me She said she want a good life. No one to cause her pain and strife. She want a good life. No man to cause her pain and strife. She don't want no unsteady relationship. One way a rock like a rocking ship. Want a love that's steady as can be. One that brings back memory. She want a good life. No man to cause her pain and strife. She say she want a good life. No man to cause her pain and strife. She's been in and out of love and she says she must confess. She's been used and abused, but there's no Because she want a good life, no man to cause her pain and strife. Say she want a good life, no man to cause her pain and strife. Yeah, yes. She want a man that's filled with ambition. One who'll sit down and set up a plan. The future is secure for all life long. She want a good life, no man to cause her pain and strife. So can you give us an insight in the future of you? What are you thinking about for the future? What are your plans for the future? Well, um, going into this year with a, a lot of uncertainty about, um, you know, especially in the arts and entertainment sector, um, uh, which I'm usually dependent on. Um, so... I'm planning um, several projects, uh, a few um, uh, as part of the Coventry uh, 2021 City of Culture celebrations. And um, I'm also um, planning some more comedy um, because um, after this um, lockdown, people are going to need to come out and laugh, man. Yeah, people are need to come out and enjoy themselves and, and laugh and just... Yeah, just get some of that tension out and just just laugh it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, get some joy. So I'm I'm definitely going to be doing a, a lot of comedy as soon as I can, and um, yeah, that, there'll be be some events and a few projects, and um, I'm hoping it's going to be an exciting time. But I'll, I'll start to 2020 the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I keep praying, I keep, I keep hoping, and yeah, while well, there's life there's hope so i'm planning and hoping uh, that we all can come out to play and um, start uh, living um some life um so i think th this time that we've been in uh, if nothing else it's given people um time to reflect and 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 ho hopefully when when people do come out again that they'll be nicer to each other and and kinder and, and show show more love and more coming together, and yeah, yeah. So it's 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 for the better. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Let's say this was a a good reason that brings people closer together and more positiveness. What a great way to finish off! But before we do, um, we've got one final selection, which is Jana Dead by Burning Spear. Why did you choose this final selection? Okay, well, as I said, all the songs, I, I try to include all my favourite singers um, in this and uh, a couple of uh, tunes that, that meant something. Um, 
this 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 particular one this 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 is if i'm ever feeling really 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 low and you know you'll 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 come across things in life that are trials and tribulations and and why i've I've picked this particular version from from rockers i I don't know if you've seen the film um have you seen the film yes i've seen rockers and basically half smile you know i mean Uh, everything's just gone wrong you know what I mean? Everything's gone wrong. You know what I mean? And and Spear just take him to Key Largo Beach and then they just sit sit down and and take out two big heads and 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 and, and Spear just calms the mind and the, the heart. And after that, you're ready. So this this is a tune for everybody. You know what I mean? To to calm calm their spirit, focus their spirit, and and just come back out with positivity and love. You know what I mean? Well, thank you for sharing your calming spirit with all of us today and your story. Thank you so much. It's been inspirational, even though you couldn't tell us all of it. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Maybe another time. Okay. okay. But, uh, okay. Thanks, for having, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been nice. You're more than welcome. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to today's episode. Make sure you come straight back here next Wednesday for another episode. I'm going to leave you with the sounds of Jana dead, burning spear. I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, blessed love. We try to fill the black population by telling them that judge again. And he tried to fool the black population by telling them that Jaja did. I and I knows God, Jano did. Jano did. Jano did, Jano did, Jano did, Jano did, Jano did, do. No, oh, oh, Jano did.